Rhino, he's not even an issue. I don't sweat Rhino. Are you ready? Yes, it's the Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he knows. 400 And out come Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he knows. 400 I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the hater. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he knows. 400 degrees. Rhino! It's Rhino! It's Rhino! Hell, it's Rhino! The veteran Rhino came in. Rhino Wrestling Review back once again. How's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Dan Rhino, brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com. Uh, what's up? <laughs> what's up, Dan Rhino? <laughs> I was looking off for, to a stellar start. I was looking for my Brian Alvarez drop, but I couldn't find it. Hold on a second. <laughs> Damn it, I can't find it. You know what I've always we'll said? We'll do it live. <laughs> the best thing about podcasts is dead air. That's great. That's a great suspense. Many big tags later. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rhino Wrestling Review. <laughs> my name is Scoops Lewis. To my left is Jason Calzabetta, the, the one and the only Italian stallion. And to my right is, he's got a Dean Ambrose body and he's got triceps mm. for days. Dan Rhino. That was pretty good, Scoops. Yeah, I did hey, my best. Uh, you're my favorite wrestling journalist. It was Bruce Mitchell, but he's racist now, so... Thank God. <laughs> so, now, so now Scoops moves up to number two. Jason, who's your favorite wrestling journalist? No, wait, uh, number two. Uh, besides the fine people at ProWrestling.com? Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp, I believe. Oh, wow. Dave Meltzer is going to be upset. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, Dave Meltzer is going to be upset. Brian Alvarez is going to be upset. Uh, who else? Uh, that Bixens fan guy, he's going to be upset. No. Uh, Rosenberg, like you're a big fan of his. Wade like Keller. That What's that one guy uh, you like, Dan, a lot? Uh, uh, Ryan Satin. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Satin's the worst. That's uh, damn boy. Sam Roberts, Mike Johnson. The uh, track like star? I do like Mike Johnson a little bit. Yeah, the guy, that wore the, the guy that wore the gold cleats at the Olympics. He is really fast. He is, but he's got shitty wrestling takes. So. <laughs> well, as uh, Scoops uh, said, this is the Rhino Wrestling Review. We gave you uh, a little dead air there because we know that's what we give people what they want. Is that what you want? Give it to, give it to me! Give me what I want! And uh, this is going to be a mailbag episode. You can always send us your uh, emails, rhinowrestlingreview at gmail.com, or tweet us at rhino underscore wrestling. And we're going to cover, uh, what, what would you call it, a, uh, a potpourri of topics? A smorgasbord? A old, old town buffet, hometown buffet? Uh, what's the thing from the Thanksgiving thing? Cornucopia. Ah, that's also in the uh, Hunger I Games. It's, yeah, it's that big uh, cone thing that they put the put the fruits in. Jason's uh, as a produce manager, you're well uh, well versed in the cornucopia. 
Yes, what, goes in, what goes in a cor- cornucopia, Jason? Whatever, whatever you want. Hmm. Give, me, give, me, uh, give me your top five uh, fruits that you would put in your cornucopia. Apples, oranges, okay. Okay. bananas. Now, are oranges available around Thanksgiving time? Yeah. Yeah, actually, wintertime is when oranges are the best. Interesting. So, you're, so you, you come for the hot takes, you stay for the produce knowledge. <laughs> Here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, brought to you by you. our friends at ProWrestling.com. So we got apples, we got oranges. You can throw some grapes in there. Uh, grapes get a little messy, Dan. You know, they start falling off the vine and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Whoops. Some strawberries, maybe. Strawberries, okay. We got two more. Yeah, two more. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. about that. Uh, Jason, guys, as guys, a produce manager, I mean, it's can Thanksgiving, name, so we can name three throw fruits. some potatoes in there. <laughs> just, just, raw, in there. just raw potatoes. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, so guys, I pulled a picture of a cornucopia. What you got in there? Corn in there. Oh yeah, yeah, onions, yeah. onions. Onions. A, a, a pumpkin. There's a pumpkin in there. Make pumpkin pie. Okay, I don't like yeah. any of this. I would think a cornucopia is something you could like. If you want a little snacky snack, you could like reach in there and and grab wow. a little something. But Danny, uh, you would be wrong. We got uh, apparently we just put raw. So Jason, you're fine. Put your raw potatoes in there <laughs> <laughs> because apparently that's it's just for decoration. Potatoes yeah, are like kind those, of uh, ugly, though. Pieces. They're kind of ugly. I don't know if you want, like, uh, potatoes out on... Like, they have, like, those wax fruits that people use as decoration, but nobody ever has, like, a bowl of potatoes on their table. <laughs> See, you can get, like, the gold and red potatoes make it colorful to make it look mm. nice. Mix them in. Might be onto something. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a potato melody. Uh, I believe it's medley. Medley? But, uh... <laughs> But uh, speaking of medley, we've got a medley of emails here today uh, covering hey. a, uh, a wide variety of topics. Some would say a cornucopia of topics. Hey. And uh, we're going to start with Steve in Baltimore. Steve's uh, becoming a regular emailer of the show here. And Steve writes, do you think we've seen Velveteen Dream for the last time? So, guys, Oof. I'm going to need a, a hard yes or no here. I don't want a probably. I don't want a maybe. I don't want a possibly. If you had to guess, we haven't seen him for quite some time. You think we've seen Velveteen Dream for the last time? No. (laughs) Hot take. You asked for a yes. I like that there was a lot of dead air before you said that too. (laughs) The problem with the problem with Skype is I don't know which one of us is supposed to go first, William. We're off to a rousy. So I'm trying to be a gentleman and letting the lady go first. I say if you got Uh, a hot take, man, just spit, just spit it. If you if you got fire, if you got fire to spit, just come with it. Spit straight on the ground. I say no, we haven't though. I say yes, we have. So. The, the issue here is that Velveteen was accused of sending explicit photos to minors, and the aforementioned Sean Ross Sapp, Jason's boy, reported about a month ago that he had heard rumors that Velveteen's days could be numbered. So is it a case that he's going to be off TV until the smoke clears, kind of like the Sammy Guevara situation, or until they can do a further investigation? But we don't know, but if I had to guess, it kind of seems like WWE is taking this as an opportunity to clean house. And whether this is the actual reason that Velveteen gets released or not, 
Sean Ross Sapp was kind of alluding to the fact that there may be other reasons behind the scenes. Maybe Velveteen's hard to work with. Maybe he thinks too highly of himself. Maybe he, I don't know, maybe he shows up late. I don't know. But uh, Sean Ross Sapp was kind of alluding that there may be other issues here, and then maybe this would be WWE's kind of excuse, you know, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back in order to release him. But it just, it sucks because I think he's only 24. And a very promising career. One of my favorite performers to the point of the fact that he's got a great character. He's got a great presentation. He's got a unique presentation. But he can also back it up with the in-ring ability. And the fact that we could be talking about a guy who's 24 years old and his career could already be derailed because of some poor choices that he made is it's very frustrating and it's and it's it's very odd but that's kind of the uh, situation that we're we're in and the, with these stories that we're hearing about of a lot of these wrestlers that we thought so highly of but if i had to guess man i would say we probably seen the last of the velveteen dream and that it pains me to say that because i really enjoyed him as a performer so much but I just don't know if WWE feels like the juice is worth the squeeze with him. You know, is it worth is it worth having him there with the potential of these issues hanging over the accusations hanging over his head and the potential that something could come of them down the line? Is it worth having him on the roster? Does he give you that much of a bump on Wednesday nights? Probably not. So if I had to guess, I'd probably think we've seen the last of them. Uh, Jason, so, you think we're going to see him again, though? Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about WWE here, where everything is magically erased in six months to a year. You know, well, time heals true. all. Time heals all wounds. Hulk Hogan's back. You know, that's not true. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. Uh, Will said it, so I had to throw that's, that in there. I, I mean, to, if it was me, I would release him because of what was happened. It's not like I'm defending anything that he has done to put it out there um i just think no they'll keep him you know you bring him back at a, you know if he comes out at survivor series after all the smoke settles you know you're talking november and you know people are gonna be like oh my god you know it's just one of those things i think that they will hold him off tv for kind of a forgotten amount of time and then he's gonna he'll come back when you least expect it mm-hmm. and i mean look sammy guevara was off tv for two weeks and granted you know so so that's what I want to kind of talk about really quick. And so uh, it's just the, the two situations compared to each other. So you got Sammy Guevara who who Sammy did Gabor. say Sammy Guevara who said some nasty things mm-hmm. um, on his what was it on his Twitter account or it was something on like a, that. It was on a podcast four years ago. Yeah, so it was on a podcast <laughs> four years ago. He's how old is he currently? He is twenty two. Uh, he was twenty two at the time. He's twenty six now. Okay, so he was 22 at the time. So I mean, I'm not I'm not going to defend anything that he said. What he said was egregious, and you know he should be punished for it, and he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Velveteen Dream, on the other hand, allegedly sending lewd pictures to minors, mm-hmm. which means possibly that there's something else going on with, with minors above just sending pictures of I mean that's what I if I was a WWE 
Yeah. That's what I would be thinking about. I'd be like, okay, if well, he's just smoke, sending pictures, fire. Yeah. that's that's one thing, but that leads to other things that we don't want to associate ourselves with as a private company. Definitely. I mean, because they fired uh, – what? What was that dude's name? Jack Gallagher, Enzo Amore. Sure. Uh, Enzo Amore. So they fired Enzo Amore for, you know, I can't say the R word on the Rhino Wrestling Review, but, you know, allegedly raping. a whole bunch of R words right there. Oh, I just said it. Uh, For allegedly doing some stuff, um, they fired, uh, well, luckily they didn't have James Ellsworth when he was, you know, (laughs) caught up in all of his stuff going on. Underage girls, yeah. Yeah, he'll never come back to the WWE, I mean, for multiple reasons. Um, I mean, who else can you think of in the WWE umbrella who's done some egregious stuff now, that I would, company's just, like, gone? See, I would argue on the flip side, and this does, again, this doesn't matter to normal people in the grand scheme of things, but Velveteen Dream's higher profile than any of those guys we mentioned or any of those guys from, uh, you know, the Jack Gallagher, the 205 Live like, crowd. Like, whoa, 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 don't throw Jack Gallagher in there because he's yeah. main event talent i think i mean I, I don't care where you are on the roster like if you're if you're allegedly i mean maybe I mean, having sex with minors whoa like, you don't whoa deserve. who said anything about having sex okay sending lewd pictures to and then you can go above that allegedly that's just, that's allegedly like that's something that they should immediately move on and then he should not work for the company yeah, if there if there's if, if it's true, you know, if we, it's we, true, you know, we have like just what two weeks ago, President Obama's Twitter got hacked and Elon Musk's Twitter got hacked. That whole uh, cryptocurrency uh, thing. You guys remember that from a couple weeks ago? Yes, sir. So, yeah, it was a big deal where these you know, prominent figures got their Twitter accounts hacked. And it was something about like you send me, you know, this amount of money then i'll i'll double it and cryptocurrency coming back to you and you're thinking oh well the the president's doing it you know sign me up (laughs) but it turns out it 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 wasn't you know upon investigation if if there's a thorough investigation and it turns out that maybe these were his personal pictures and they somehow somebody got into his phone and sent them out to you know as a joke or something like that would you be okay with with velveteen coming back or is it just even the even the accusation of it is just too much of a a red flag for you to want to keep him around? I mean, if they go into it and they find that yeah, like his account was hacked and that all that stuff, like he can't control that. That's not his fault. Like he that then yeah, like that's something he should be forgiven for. Now uh, maybe you shouldn't be keeping a bunch of dick pics on your phone consistently for people to access them through the cloud i mean i delete mine all the time or Uh-oh. i send them to Hold a I'm gonna need i send them to a folder on my computer i can just keep them there what's the name of that folder for future uh, reference for science purposes? small penis yeah, dick yeah small <laughs> penis purpose. you want to kick my friend in his dick when the ref's back is turned <laughs> like that's that's a forgivable thing like you there's a lot of people who can just easily get into any account and just do a lot of bad shit with it Delete, um, and that's something delete. that he could be forgiven for. But if it's the other side of this, the whatever, delete the spectrum. Delete. That's a bad thing. Delete. Delete. Keep talking. I'm just. I'm, hey, you I should got, delete those. Dude, I got a lot of stuff on here that should not be on here. 
I, I don't know what's worse, that, that you have so many pictures on your phone or that you always try to, like, video chat with us and, like, show us, <laughs> like, consistently. The, <laughs> the one time I, you know, people go live on Facebook all the time, and the only time I ever went live on Facebook was when I was uh, going to the bathroom. <laughs> now, my phone was in my pocket, luckily, so you didn't see anything, but you heard, uh, you heard me take a mighty piss. And, yes. uh, and then I, I looked up and it said, five people are watching your uh, your stream right now. Yeah, we were definitely watching it? your stream. I was like, oh, first of all, which which five of you are just waiting around on Facebook? Oh, Dan's going live. I'll check I'll check out what he's doing. But apparently there was uh, a, a couple of you that are on the podcast right now, and then three others that are just waiting around for me to go live. And uh, they got uh, audio gold. Or at least, yeah, it was Some gold. of us stuck around. I, I hadn't drunk a lot of water, so it probably was gold. <laughs> Jason just got it. He just... <laughs> All right, let's move on to Peter in Buffalo, New York. Peter writes, who would you like to see as future challengers for Cody's TNT title? Should they keep giving shots to outside talent? So it was announced... Last week, I guess late last week, uh, it's happening this Wednesday night on Dynamite. A uh, very familiar name to us uh, in the indie scene here in the Midwest, somebody that we've seen many times at our local Glory Pro shows, and I believe he did some things with St. Uh, STL Anarchy here in St. Louis. Warhorse is going to be on Dynamite this week, challenging Cody for the TNT title. Uh, we had Eddie Kingston last week. We've had uh, Ricky Starks, a couple of uh, guys who had recently worked with the NWA. Honestly, I I, I like the mix, kind of addressing the second half of that question there. I like the mix of the undercard AEW talent, like Sonny Kiss, Mark Quinn, Jungle Boy, mixing that in with the indie guys. So just to kind of address the second part of that, I don't want to see just indie guys. I don't want to see just outside guys who are just in there for a one and done. But I do like the mix. I do like the mystery of it. I like the, the fact that it could be somebody already on the roster. It could be somebody from the outside. And maybe that person from the outside, like a Ricky Starks, goes in there and tears it up. And all of a sudden, he's got a job with AEW. So giving TV exposure to the indie guys is cool, especially during the pandemic when they can't work nearly as much. I just think that at some point, you've got to eventually move up to some of the bigger names in AEW, since this is really kind of like your intercontinental title. You can't just have the kind of lower tier, you know, giving them a, a shot to shine on TV is great, but you're going to eventually have to move up to guys like MJF, guys like Luchasaurus, maybe even like a Brian Cage. Uh, what do you guys think about the outside talent coming in and then do you have anybody that comes to mind that maybe you'd want to see get a future shot at uh, TNT title either on the roster or uh, somebody from the outside go ahead Will you're the um, AEW Mark as the resident AEW uh, Mark, journalist Mark, here bro. the Rhino Wrestling <laughs> Review uh, uh, I like the outside people coming in and and getting shots at the title, I think it's really cool, especially since they're giving like all these indie stars like their time to shine on TV. Um, what I what I think they could do with it 
is they have the opportunity to create a really big star. Because if they continue to do like these indie stars coming up, like say one of them beats Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. and wins the TNT championship. Obviously, like he gets a contract with AEW. Um, you've already created like he's defeated the undefeatable, like the guy who's burying every single person in the face of the world right now. Um, and then you've already created a star. Like that's really seems very easy to me. Like you bring anybody up currently that's a big star in indie wrestling and just immediately give them a prominent spot by putting that title on that person. Um, what I don't like about it is that Cody Rhodes is burying every single person that comes up. Like, not necessarily making them all look bad, but he's going undefeated every single week, and I think eventually it's going to get old. Like, do I think Warhorse is going to beat Cody Rhodes this week? No, I don't. So why am I tuning in? I, obviously, I'm tuning in because I know Warhorse and I've seen him wrestle live in Glory Pro and in the St. Louis area, and I'm a big fan. Um, but eventually, it's going to get to the point of where if they continue to lose, that title is going to lose a lot of meaning to it. That's, a, that's an interesting take. Uh, I actually kind of you know, feel very differently about that. I kind of feel like... Yeah, we know that the guys that we're seeing now aren't probably aren't going to beat Cody. The chances of them are probably one percent or less. But I think it's I I'm okay with that if it's on a dynamite because you know eventually Cody is going to have to you know take this to a a pay per view similar to when Cena was doing the U.S. Open Challenge and every week you know he'd give a chance to you know a guy like Sami Zayn who tore his uh, Told, tore his rotator cuff uh, huh. it going to the ring. But it was cool yeah. to see stuff like that, especially in Canada when Sami Zayn came out. But then eventually, John Cena got a little too confident, and he took that U.S. Open Challenge to a pay-per-view, and that's when Del Rio made his return and beat him for the title. So... Was it Del Rio or was it Kevin Owens? Didn't Kevin Owens? Oh, it wasn't for the title. Yeah, that's why I, I remember Kevin Owens beat him on a pay per view though. Yeah, and then Cena beat him the next two pay per views. Oh, there it is. One of my favorite drops. I, I, I don't know, man. I just think that I like it. I like the way the word, uh, the way they've been using it. I like the way they've been utilizing the talent. Anybody that comes to mind that you would like to see possibly get a future shot at that TNT title? Either it could be anybody on the roster. If there's, you know, any an indie guy that, you know, maybe uh, stands out. What do you guys think? Uh, oh my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta. I just. <laughs> I just want to come off of something Will said. I think we have to get away from the stigmata that just because you lose, you're buried. Stigmata, like the like the, uh, the stigma. Jesus. Ah, yeah. God, we do, we do got to get the stigmata out of wrestling. There's no, <laughs> there is no place for you know, you know, hands bleeding, you know, driving spikes through people's hands. And now I've seen that in multiple matches. 
and it's usually okay. Okay. Well, no. I, 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 then I digress, sir. No, I just think we have to get over the fact that just because you lose doesn't mean you're buried. Like, on any, you know, and I think that's just old school thinking. And especially a guy like Warhorse, who's probably sitting on the couch right now, who's going to be on national television in two nights. Mm -hmm. Like, that's incredible. No matter how you slice it, he's probably going to have ten minutes, you know, to go ahead and do his stuff. And just being on, you know, TV alone, a million people are going to see his name. You know, between DVRs and views and all that. I just think that's uh, incredible for him by himself. You know, I think we have to get away from the fact that they're buried just because they don't win. Just my personal opinion. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that that has kind of become a a, a prevalent opinion in the internet wrestling community that you can't get over unless you win. And I think that it kind of stems from some of the stuff that we had seen in recent years. Uh, like Triple H got a, you know, a, a bad rap for some of for some of the times he put himself himself over. But there was a lot of times when you know Triple H lost at WrestleMania. You know, I, I don't I don't even know if he has a winning record at at on the the biggest stage. You know, being one of the heads of the company. And having that biggest stage that you know that of the company that he helps run, you know I don't even know if he has a winning record at WrestleMania, you know, given all the flack that he gets. But I think that you know a guy like you know, so Sonny Kiss, for example, a couple weeks ago, I loved, despite Sonny Kiss losing, the entrance was memorable, the the fire that that Sonny Kiss showed. The personality that Sonny Kiss showed, the fact that, you know, th- there was a couple times where some of the punches were a little little sloppy, a little phantomish. But Sonny Kiss showed that he could go out on live television, that he could go out and, you know, get a good reaction, especially, you know, in, in 2020 when, when our country is so divisive and we have, you know, a lot of people that probably aren't fans of somebody like Sonny Kiss being on TV every week I think it really helped propel him and he's been one of the guys and I've talked about it a lot one of the guys that I felt has been so underused because he is so unique since AEW started and I thought that that really helped put him on the map so you know Barian you know may be a little bit of a, a strong word but I thought that you know son I thought that the match against Cody did you know, did really good things for somebody like Sonny Kiss, and it got Ricky Starks a job. So there's not right. r- there's nothing wrong with that at all. No. Uh, anybody uh, come to mind? I was kind of thinking maybe it would be cool that we've been seeing a lot of these NWA guys come over. Uh, Ricky Starks appears to have actually signed with AEW, but you know, even if some of the NWA talent, even if don't they don't say sign. It, Dan. You know, somebody like uh, the question mark. The question mark. That'd be great. The question. (laughs) The name that Will did not want me to say is Nick Aldis, and I am not going to (laughs) say Nick Aldis. But I just just thought, hold on. Boo! Uh, Will, what is it? What do you like about, Nick Aldis? Like about I never Nick thought Aldis. I'd agree with Bruce Pritchard so much. The best thing that Nick Aldis has ever done is Mickey James. 
Hey, that might, how about that? That might be true. How about yeah. that? No, but I honestly, I think that you know, there's there's some guys on that roster. Like, wouldn't you love to see like Eli Drake come over and have a one-off with with Cody? Yeah, of course. You know, I, and I think like MLW has a lot of guys. Like, wouldn't you like to see Low Key come over and challenge Cody? For no, he'll probably the, kill him. The TNT Championship. Low key is here to participate in professional wrestling. I think that'd be cool, you know. And you know, God forbid Impact would ever want to do something with like an AEW because they, you know, we can't send our guys there because they're gonna they're gonna lose and it's gonna make them look bad. Wouldn't that be great for like the company to send you know occasionally have an Impact guy show up? on a show that does, you know, a million viewers and say, this guy's from Impact Wrestling. He's going to take the TNT belt back to Impact Wrestling. And then he doesn't, but you got, like, free advertisement for your product. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the different companies out there kind of banding together against, you know, the the big boss that is WWE because they're all, like, fighting for their little scraps in, in the wrestling world. And then... I, I know it's probably not possible, but we got it got teased a little bit earlier this year when Jericho worked Wrestle Kingdom that there could be potential for future New Japan um, co-promotion with AEW. When when travel is more safe, I would love to see the occasional New Japan talent come over, and I th- I just think that it would boost both rosters. So I don't really have a, a name in particular of like an indie guy or anything like that. I'm sure our buddy Dougie Wrestling, who's much more in tune with the indie scene uh, on his podcast, STF Underground, which is on ProWrestling.com and whatever podcast platform you listen to, would probably have more names of of indie guys that we could potentially see challenge for that title. But I just think that like some inter-promotional stuff would be really cool and I think would be advantageous for both companies. You know, it's kind of a shame right now that Jake Something is currently working for a very subpar wrestling company instead of the actual indie scene. Okay, pal. Uh, hmm. You want to kick my friend in his dick when the ref's back is turned? Why are you kicking Jason yeah. in the dick like that? I see yeah. what I mean. The ref's back is turned. <laughs> so, uh, Jake Something currently working as Cousin Jake in Impact, and uh, we'll just refer to that as a subpar company. And uh, speaking of impact, the next email you know, comes from James in Saratoga, California. Go ahead, Jason. I was going to say, you know, the funny thing is impact would probably send Rohit Raju to challenge Cody and Dan <laughs> would just sit there and chew on his fucking cheek the whole time. And he'd be like, oh, God damn it. Listen, I love me some Rohit Raju for a couple <laughs> oh, of re- for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, he was he this guy is like has like nose to the grindstone never he's always working even when he was at the glory pro show we went to and he was in the bathroom taking a piss he was still advertising that he had eight by tens for purchase at his table and that when people got done washing their hands that they should come purchase said eight by tens and the second reason is that uh mr rohit raju aka hakeem zane uh, got on my Twitter the other day, and we talked about dogs for about a half hour. So, big fan. I'd be all for uh, Rohit Raju showing up and challenging for that TNT title. <laughs> uh, speaking of TNT, James in Saratoga, California. To me, 
Slammiversary was a good show, followed by an average Tuesday night TV. Am I crazy for expecting more? So last weekend was a big weekend for Impact Wrestling. They had their Slammiversary show that they had been advertising a lot of surprises for quite a while. There was going to be a new world champion, we knew for sure, after Tessa Blanchard was no longer welcome in the company. Uh, did she ever send that title belt back, Jason? Uh, it says that she's going to. I don't know. They said, I heard she but, wanted you know. like 150k to send the belt. Yeah, back. for the one-off. I'd yeah, like for the listen, one-off. Listen, lady. <laughs> yeah. Calm uh, down. I'm gonna, lady. I'm, we got 150 viewers last week. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I I have the uh, fantasy football belt that I won in Will's fantasy football league last year. And there are actually two years ago, and I was going to have to relinquish that belt this year. But if there is no football this year, then I may just hang on to it and maybe say that I'll send it back for 150 grand. Uh, Okay, you already lost the title. Did I, though? Because I still have the belt. So, That's true. You're supposed to relinquish it at the next ceremony. Okay. So you well, got to go up to Will's house and throw it in a burning trash can. Possession is <laughs> nine-tenths of the law, so Ooh, I currently have it in my right. possession. Your dad is a lawyer. Well, he's a bad lawyer, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help me very much. But Slammiversary last week, we all got together and watched it. Uh, the impact that followed up. I don't know, Jason. I'll go... I'm going to go higher than James here. James says that Slammiversary was good, but that the Tuesday night show was average. I'm going to, it's going to be a little bit of a hot take here. Hot take! But I'm going to say that Slammiversary was very good, and, and Impact was good. How about that? I like it. I like it, Dan. Good job. So, we had high expectations for Slammiversary, even to the point where... Will, you who give zero fucks about Impact Wrestling, you were actually kind of looking forward to Slammiversary, weren't you? I will never admit that. No, I was. He said it on the show. He said it on the last show. He said he was looking forward to to it more than Extreme Rules. Yeah, I was. And obviously because I only watched one wrestling show that weekend, and it was... The Good Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Slam of Mercy. I watched it. I was right there with you guys. The best of Matt Taven. Whiskey drinks all night. Ah, whiskey drinks. That's probably why that pay-per-view was so good. Yeah, that was great. Fucking funneling whiskey down my throat. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Rich Swan! Yes! (laughs) Two two ounces in every drink. Put a little orange juice in there to to cut it. Yeah, Rich Swan was never a bigger star than he was on at Florissant on Saturday night. Well, I'm gonna, I think it's interesting to kind of see what Will thinks here because Will, you were you're not a regular Impact watcher. You saw the pay per view on Sunday. Were you satisfied with what you got? Did you think that? Did you get your hopes up a little too high? Did it give you what you expected? What were your thoughts after you saw Slammiversary on Saturday? So. So I watched the show on Saturday, and I thought it was it was good. Um, I, I liked Hot a couple take. of the matches. I thought the wrestling was, was was okay. Now, the the surprises that happened that night, I thought were awful. Whoa! So yeah, I didn't think they were great. Like Rich Swan was a big disappointment. Whoa! Um, <clears throat> yeah, Whoa. and then uh, who's the other dude? That that Eric Young. 
Eric Young. Like, that's nothing to write home about. Um, I believe Heath Slater was on there at some point. Like, well, yeah, you guys all know how I feel about Heath Slater. Um, he's Motor great. City Machine the He's got kids, Motor Will. Mc- yeah, he does have kids. Um, he should probably be at home taking care of them. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and, and guess what? I watched Impact on Tuesday. Wow. I watched it twice. <laughs> um, but guess what, guys? I thought Impact on Tuesday was not good. Oh, wow. Not good at all. Even with the surprises, which were very predictable on Tuesday night. Well, here's I just predictable's not bad when it comes to wrestling. I like to be surprised every once in a while, Jason. Well, just like when they take your pants off. I understand. Whoa. I get it. I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> uh, the Motor City surprise, I agree, was, was really cool. I thought that Chris Bay and Willie Mack was a very good match. I thought that Deanna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace was excellent, even though your buddy uh, Dave Meltzer only gave it two and three-quarter stars, Will. Got a lot of flack from that on uh, social media. Yeah, confused about that one. Yeah, I was confused about it. I thought that was the match of the <laughs> Uh, I thought the, I thought the main event with the, the five way that ended up being a five way I thought was was all high quality. The things that I thought were a little lackluster, lackluster. The women's gauntlet match. Women, Jesus Christ. Women's gauntlet match was was very. We didn't even know the rules of it. I thought it was, it was like a, a real gauntlet match where we start <laughs> off with two, and then you know somebody loses and then the next person goes out. And then if so, whoever loses there, the next person would come out. But it turned out to be like a Royal Rumble, and you just had to throw them over the top rope until you got to the end, and then it was pinfall or submission. <laughs> and you got Johnny Bravo and drag twice. <sighs> yeah, awesome. Now, I'm confused. I thought that was uh, Taya Valkyrie hmm. that came out. That's what they said, but apparently twice. it was Johnny Bravo. You uh, only got Rosemary a second time. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that was awful. That was one of those you'd rather watch porn than mm-hmm. like somebody walking into the room. Yeah, I always have. But I like the person that won. I always have porn queued up. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kylie uh, Ray was great. That's what happened when I was watching the the swamp match on uh, <laughs> on Sunday, and then my wife was she was just sitting there. We were doing a puzzle, and she just looks over at me. I go, I know, I know. <laughs> you think <laughs> I don't know? You think I don't know this is terrible? I hate this more than you, you do. You think I'm not ashamed of this? <laughs> <laughs> My wife uh, is uh, shooting barbs from the grassy knoll here. What, what was that again? It didn't, look like a swamp. it didn't look like a swamp. It didn't look like wrestling either. It didn't look like a. It didn't look like entertainment or, or anything. I don't know what it was. But I thought Moose and Dreamer was lackluster. Lackluster. I thought the Rich Swan surprise and the Eric Young in the main event. And positioning him as a main eventer is a little bit subpar. And then, you know, I understand why Eddie Edwards is your champion. I really do. Because that company has been burned. I mean, just look at look at who their champs have been over the last several years. How many of them are still in the company? You know, Tessa Blanchard, Sam, Tessa Sam Blanchard's gone. Uh, Sammy Callahan's still there. Sammy Callahan is, you know, to his credit, is a loyal soldier and somebody that you could put the belt on. You know, he's going to stick around. Tessa Blanchard 
gone. Brian Cage gone. Um, uh, who else have we had in the in the last Pentagon? Pentagon, gone. yeah, exactly. Pentagon gone. Uh, Austin Aries gone. <laughs> Thank you God. Know, Good Eli, Eli Drake gone. You know these guys who who they put the belt on and put the company behind them. They don't stick around. Eddie Edwards is a guy who you know is going to stick around. You know he's not going to you know jump ship for a better deal somewhere. He likes being in Impact. I'm sure he likes you know having his wife there as well. You know as a working talent, and they're drawing two paychecks. And Impact has been good to Eddie Edwards, so I understand why he's champion. I just don't think that in 2020, if you want to turn the page and kind of hit the reset button and say we're going in a new direction here, which is kind of what the weekend seemed like it was supposed to be. It it was supposed to be like a new chapter or even a new book for the company. And I I think they accomplished that mission on a lot of fronts, but I think the Eddie Edwards' champion thing was, was a little underwhelming for me. Uh, as far as Impact goes on Tuesday, Jason, we had EC3 making his official debut, attacking Moose after Moose's Damn. match. Why the hell is Josh Matthews saying he doesn't work there when we saw three video package, three video packages of him over the last three weeks? And the first thing out of Jason, the first thing out of Josh Matthews' fucking crankily mouth is fucking, fucking. <laughs> What is he doing here? He doesn't even work here. Well, then you why are you showing his why are you showing his video packages? You don't even go here. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that either. <laughs> but I was just like, come on, guys, come on. Uh, something but, else uh, Jason did not like was Motor City Machine Guns defeating the North uh, and ending their tag team title run on Impact. What do you think about that, uh, Mister Calcibetta? Uh, I was not ha- happy with it. I guess I get it, but uh, just like that, like at that point, why wouldn't you just do it on the pay-per-view mm-hmm. is my kind of thing. You know, we, we've seen this before, but I uh, I don't know. I thought it felt a little lackluster, mm-hmm. I guess. And, and the match was fantastic, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, it was a very uh, good match. There's yeah, no, no way that a, it couldn't be, you know, with those No, four. exactly. I, could, I think I was texting you, and I was like, Chris Saban's had three torn ACLs, and I can't get off the bottom shelf. At oh work yeah, good. and he's in great shape. Like, yeah, like him and Alex Shelley, both in fantastic shape. You know, it just seemed a little lackluster for a, a tag team that had the titles for almost 400 days. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of felt, I kind of felt bad for that aspect of it. But I guess they'll go back to chasing now. I, I can already see it. Bound for Glory will have a three-way dance with the North the Good Brothers and. Motor City Machine Guns, and that should be incredible, which is great. Yeah, the but. Good Brother Good Brothers are are in Impact officially now. It looks like they may be going into a feud with Ace Austin, and who's his heavy? Uh, uh, Madman Fulton. Right. Kevin so Nash. Looks like they're <laughs> Kevin Nash. Big Sexy. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be going into a program with them. So, I mean, that's, that's interesting. They... I was really excited for the pay-per-view, and I thought it was very good. I was really excited to to watch Impact to see the fallout. I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was better than average. Uh, you know, James called it average. I thought it was better than that, and it piqued me enough to see what's going to happen this upcoming week. So see, I, th- I think they've done their job then. 
Yeah, I was gonna say I think they did a good job. Like at the end of the pay per view, the the last thing you see is ECT throwing a shot glass at the wall, mm-hmm. so, and then that makes you want to watch Impact. But he doesn't and work then, there though. Yeah, apparently he doesn't work there, even though that's the very last thing you see on their $40 pay-per-view. <laughs> but I don't know how many times we have to tell you that he doesn't work there. I know. I, I, I'm sorry, guys. It just irks me a little bit. Why are we giving all the free publicity to this guy that doesn't work here? That's what Impact does, baby. <laughs> but, make, we make, yeah. them, make them stars so they can go make big money somewhere. And they yeah. give us publicity. Yeah, they should. I should have a job in the front office. Be like, uh, you already do. Yeah, I thought you did. I thought that was like your Make a Wish match uh, last week. Was the uh, Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan taking on the North? Oh, I, no, I thought no. they put you in the put they. So if it was your Make a Wish, then you work for Impact because that's a Calcibetta <laughs> creation right there. Jason, Jason comes out. He's like the authority figure on Impact. Whoa, 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 whoa! Dicking around on his I phone. Probably, I could probably take a stunner. Or, you know, something like that. Uh, what can Scott pancake it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Next email comes from Chef Bo- Boyardee's Nuts. Cool. It's creative. Chef Boyardee's Nuts. Ha, uh, get out of uh, They write, I was glad to see Sammy Guevara back on Dynamite this week because he's a top tier. Oh, I'm sorry. I was glad to see Sammy Guevara back on Dynamite this week because he's a top-tier talent, but do you think the company brought him back too soon? I don't know about you guys, but I thought they did... I thought AEW handled the Sammy Guevara situation just about perfect. And we kind of alluded to it earlier. Will was talking about why Sammy got suspended. It was a podcast that came out from four years ago. Apparently nobody listened to it at the time because it didn't come Might out. Might as well have been this show. <laughs> <laughs> Say whatever the fuck you want on here. Nobody's going to hear you. But the fact that he said he made a very inappropriate comment about Sasha Banks, that when he say I guess Sammy was having like a tryout match with WWE or working as an extra or something like that, and made a comment that, he was very attracted to Sasha Banks so much so that he wanted to sexually assault her. See how I got around saying the R word there, Will? I like it. I like it. So you don't we can't say can't say that R word on here. What's the R word? I don't know. What is it? Eh, we'll skip it this yeah, time. Yeah, we'll skip it this time. So it came out, you know, and this is uh, in the middle of the whole speaking out movement and professional wrestling. So Sammy goes away and uh, goes away for four weeks with no pay in the middle of a pandemic. So not making money for four weeks in the middle of a pandemic, I think that's a big blow to Sammy. He completed sensitivity training, and apparently the curriculum developer of this training reported back to Tony Khan and gave Sammy very high marks, a lot of compliments on how contrite he was and how reflective he was on his comments uh his salary for those four week four weeks was donated to the women's center of jacksonville so i think that's for something that he said when he's a dumb kid 22 years old just barely old enough to to have a beer legally yeah it's awful what he said and he should feel bad about it and there should be some kind of consequences for saying shit like that 
but I think that they handled it about perfectly. What do you guys think? Uh, I agree. Um, I think with Sammy Guevara and and what he said, like we already kind of talked about it before, but the things he said were egregious, and and he should have been reprimanded for it, and he was. Um, I think giving him about a month off from TV and a month not getting paid, uh, letting him kind of think exactly what he needed to do. I'm sure he's a different person now than what he was when he was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. I know myself specifically when I was a young, stupid kid. um, I'm sure I've said some things that I highly regret that I probably would never say now. Sure. Uh, And luckily, you know, from my, I was never recorded or whatever and broadcast all over what. So like, he said some dumb shit. Um, I'm glad to see him back because I think very highly of Sammy Guevara, and I think that he has the potential to be a huge star in AEW. Um, and I think he benefits very well from being in Chris Jericho's shadow currently. Um, so I'm glad to see him back. I'm glad that we are starting to move forward with this. And I'm also starting to – I didn't really see a lot of negative feedback about it. Mm-hmm. So unless I'm just not paying attention close enough to it because I'm – I'm like, cool, he's back, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really see a lot of things about it, so that's good. Jason, you're the social media guy. Did you hear any or read any negative blowback from Sammy Guevara reemerging on Sim- Dynamite? Um, Not that much. I mean, I don't know. I thought four weeks seemed a little short, per se. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it almost seems like they were just like, all right, buddy, just... Go away and take this class, and we'll get you back on TV as soon as possible. It's just kind of how it came off to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, he didn't really do anything wrong. Like, too, too bad. You know, you got Marty Scroll and Velotine Dream hanging out with underage kids. I don't think, you know, making a joke at, you know, 20, 20 years old is that as big of a deal. In comparison... You know, you think about some of the other things that have come to light. A a comment is definitely lower on the totem pole as far as, you know, actual action. But it is definitely something that AEW had to do something. They couldn't just say, oh, you know, he was a young kid. That was a long time ago. No, they're, they're trying to be taken seriously. They had to take serious action. And you think that maybe it was a little, maybe they, uh, maybe you kind of agree with uh, the email or her. Maybe it was a little too soon. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed very fast. I mean, they're they're taping dynamite two weeks at a time, mm-hmm. so it's like, would it have really killed one extra episode, you know, or two? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed to me it seemed fast, but I like uh, how he was. Fast. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're, you're good. I like how he was that he came back as that luchador that we've been pointing out on the sides. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. for all we know, he's been there the entire time. What did they say? Uh, what did they say the luchador's name? It wasn't Ciclope. Ciclope is somebody else, I think. Something like that guy fights on Ciclope. dark this week. He's a part of the. He's he's a part of the. He's a he's he's a part he's a part of the. Uh, what's their group called? The Inner Circle. Yes. He's a part of the inner circle. circle. I was like, is he really? Uh, um, but yeah, I'm happy I'm happy to see him back. I, obviously, this is a first strike for him. So if he's stupid enough to do something again, True. the punishment will be a lot more severe than yeah. four weeks. Hopefully it was no a wake-up call. 
you know, hopefully, you know, without it, you know, escalating to something really dumb, saying something or even doing something really dumb. Hopefully this was a nice little slap on the wrist for him and that he can kind of move forward and make some, you know, changes and, and at least the way, you know, even if it's not the way that he actually feels on the inside, but at least what you present as a public figure, you have to carry yourself a little differently than the average person. And hopefully he's learned his lesson with that and he can, you know, move on and won't let this derail his career. Like somebody we talked about who's very similar in age, who's actually younger than Sammy in the Velveteen Dream, who looks like his career could possibly even be done. Uh, let's right. m- move on to Mark the Mark, one of our favorites here. Mark writes, who ro- who won the Wrestling Weekend Slammiversary or Extreme Rules? Will, did you ever get around to watching Extreme Rules? No, I didn't. And I honestly, I don't want to. No, you don't have like, to. I kind of want to watch the Swamp Match just to see how much of a dumpster fire it is. But, I mean, besides that... Get some help. There's really nothing else from that pay-per-view that intrigues me to go back and watch it. Well, I'm going to give you the answer here. The answer here is that Slammiversary won the weekend, and here's why. I will say that New Day against Cesaro and Nakamura is worth watching. I thought it was my favorite match of the weekend on either card. And that that was that was the opener. It was the tables match for the tag team titles. So if you go back and just want to watch one thing, I think New Day versus Cesaro and Nakamura is very, very worth watching. I liked it better than and and Slammiversary had some really good stuff on there. But I thought that was my favorite match of the weekend. I thought the eye for an eye match at Extreme Rules was two excellent performers who were really working hard, but they were hindered by a stupid stipulation. And it ended up being a stupid ending. And I don't know if you saw GIFs or anything of it, Seth Rollins throwing up. Yeah, I have seen a lot of that now. It was such dumb shit. Uh, He's gonna puke. He's gonna gonna puke! Same thing with Drew and Dolph. Nobody believed that Dolph was going to come out of that match with the championship anyway, but the fact that the match is extreme rules for Dolph and not extreme rules for Drew kind of hindered the match too because Drew could not do the. Uh, oh, I think we lost Jason. Yeah, we lost Jason. All right, let me put a quiet spot in here so I know where to cut. Oh, I guess I should have been quiet. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> oh, he's back. I can see the top of his head. He gone. Can, can you hear me? I can hear you. Where'd you go? My laptop died. <laughs> I sent the thing to the group chat. I didn't know if it was going to make it to the end. Oh, okay. But that's all. I'm back. Sorry. All right. My apologies, good sir. I didn't think where I was at. You're waxing poetic about uh, Drew and Dolph. Okay. So with Drew and Dolph, I just didn't think that it had zero believability to me that that Dolph had any chance of winning, even with the 
the extra stipulation in there. I thought it kind of hindered the match because if it's just an extreme rules match and these two can go out there and beat the shit out of each other, then it's probably going to be really good. But if one of them can use weapons and one of them can't, and apparently one of them can lose by count out and lose his title, which was not the stipulation, but the, the announcers kept saying that Drew's got to get back in the ring. He's got to get a 10 count. He's going to lose his title. Like, wait a minute. It was, it was, it was just not, it was just wasn't good. And I'll tell you what, I saw some people on social media and I saw some people on Reddit that were talking about how the swamp match was not, not that bad or even pretty good. Listen, you're either a troll or you are a WWE fanboy who likes any pile of shit that they feed you and you happily ask for more if you liked if you thought that that swamp match was good you're you're i i i don't i i'll pray for you i don't know what else to say about it because it was so silly there was a there was a time where braun was attacked by the former braun Strowman. So like the the, the Wyatt Wait, family, what? the Wyatt family Braun Strowman came, oh, no. showed up, and that's pretty great. And the current Braun Strowman was doing like the bad, like like when Seth Rollins was scared of the Fiend and he was like doing the really bad acting. It was worse than that. <laughs> and then Braun Strowman gets tied up, and Bray Wyatt cuts a ten minute promo. In the middle of the match. Cuts a 10-minute promo on him. And then there's this this part where they totally ripped off from the Boneyard match where, like, these druids come out and Braun's fighting them off. And I don't know if these were, like, guys he was worried about hurting, but he was throwing, like, the most unrealistic punches and kicks at these guys. It looked super, super fake. And, Will, there was a point... And I, and I know me just saying this stupid shit just makes you want to watch it more. Because <laughs> now when I when I said the Braun attacks Braun thing, you kind of like perked up a little bit. I could tell you're Her. you're interested. Uh, Jason loves hokey shit, so he loved the. I'm sure he loved the swamp match. <laughs> it's all in. But there was this uh, one part where it looks like Sister Abigail is there. And but it's Alexa Bliss. But it's Alexa Bliss. She takes the hood back, and she's basically. Sister Bliss. It's a callback to the Mixed Match Challenge when they were uh, tag team partners. And Alexa was saying, you know you've always wanted me, Braun. You can have everything that you want. Just let go. Just let go. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is not not creepy good. This is not stupid good. This is just (laughs) stupid, and it doesn't make any sense. I might watch it just for the. I know you're part. gonna watch it. I know as soon as I said all this stupid shit that was happening, I knew because you guys are fucking millennials and you like uh, stupid <laughs> shit like like avocado guacamole, acai berry energy smoothies. Ugh, that sounds awful. He's like, I'd give it, I'd give it a shot. I'd try one or two. I like acai. What if I put some uh, some goja berries in there? Ew. <laughs> or I only mix? like a couple berries. I only like raspberries, blackberries, and I don't really even like blueberries. So, 
you're not American, then. The worst millennial of all time. Yeah, I think you do a pretty good job at uh, at being a millennial. But Thank you. Extreme Rules is it's it's not good. A Slam Anniversary definitely won the weekend. You know, Slam had a few downers. The like we said, the the women's gauntlet match, and a couple. You know, like Moose and Dreamer. You know, some of the surprises that were a little less than than stellar. But they had Slam Anniversary had way more positives than negatives, and and infinitely more positives than Extreme Rules did. Even though Will is going to go back and say, "Oh, that swamp match wasn't that bad." <laughs> We'll see. Jason, did you watch both shows? Me? No, the other Jason. I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you say Jason. Yeah, I watched. I ran through Extreme Rules. I can't tell you I watched all three hours of it, but I watched like the Swamp Match and Drew and Dolph and the, all the all the it. all the good stuff, all the highlights. I looked for the I looked for the bar fight, and then I forgot it was going to be on SmackDown. Well, I was telling Will, uh, New Day against Cesaro and Nakamura was my favorite match of the whole weekend. So I think you, ah, if, okay. if you're gonna go, okay. if you're gonna watch anything, I would not watch the freaking Swamp Match. <laughs> Even though but you I like, like hokey shit. I know you love yeah. hokey shit, Jesus. You Christ. say that I like hokey shit. You do. You were just, <laughs> you were just talking about how excited you were to see Mike Tyson fight a shark recently. That's gonna be incredible. It's the Shark Week main event. Is it? going to be incredible yeah <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> ronda rousey did it last year that sounds gonna awful. be perfect it's right mm. up my alley damn yeah hokey. don't bother me on shark week i'll Ho- be busy all hokey week. shit and sharks <laughs> uh, and, then we and then we don't have to ask jason who won the weekend because he has an impact bias slammiversary always at impact always wins the weekend so new day and nakamura and cesaro was better than motor city Mm-hmm. Machine Gun and the Rascals. Wow, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. I thought so. Was it better than the Was it better than the North and Motor City Machine Guns on Tuesday? Yeah, I think it was. Wow, and it was a and well, you know it was a table it was a tables match too. Jason Calzada. Oh, a tables match. Yeah, it was a tables match too. So that helps a little bit. I'm excited for uh, Big E to be a singles wrestler for the next two months. I know. I know. We don't have. Yeah, it's going to be great. What? What could? Hot not take. even WWE. Not even WWE could ruin Big E, right? That's, That's not, not true. true. <laughs> In stereo. In stereo, uh, me and Will making tantric love over the airways here. <laughs> Uh, next email comes from Nick in Mobile, Alabama. Is it me? Nick Aldis. Uh, <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Boo. Uh, Nick, and, Nick in Mobile writes, Is it me or is Brian Cage just not clicking in AEW? So I'm really curious to hear your opinions on this for a couple of reasons. Number one, Will has an AEW bias. And, and Brian Cage is currently in AEW. And Brian Cage recently came from Impact, and Jason has an Impact bias. So the fact that Nick would uh, ascertain that Brian Cage is not clicking in AEW, I'm curious to see what our uh, two hosts here that have the uh, severe company bias think. Uh, Jason, I want you to go first. Brian Cage and AEW, how have been the first, uh, I guess it's been a month or so, or maybe a couple months that he's been in AEW, uh, what's been your impressions on the early run of Mr. Cage? 
I think it's very lukewarm at best. I, I think, you know, and I don't know. Again, I, I, I don't know what it is because Taz is a great manager. But, you know, even the F, the what is it, the FTW belt mm-hmm. is kind of cheesy to me. The who can stop the path. Who can stop the path of Cage? That's cheesy to me. But and you then, love you know, hokey shit. And, but then they brought him in like the machine he is, and he immediately loses to Moxley. And it's the same problem that we had with... Brody uh, Lee. Yes, Lance thank you. Brody Lee and... Yeah, Lance Archer. Same three. Same two guys. Same thing. You know, and then they're not really in, like, hugely high-profile feuds right after that. Like, who's Cage going after? Darby Allen right now? Like, yeah. literally as big as his taped-up thigh. And he's like... He's like, oh, yeah, I can beat Darby Allen. Well, no shit you can beat up Darby <laughs> Allen. Look, I hope so. It's like me saying I can beat up Will. Like, I hope so. No offense, Will. Bring oh, it on. I'll kick That's you not in true. This game, you want to kick my friend in his dick when the ref's back is turned? That would take uh, me down. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. It just, I don't want to say it feels off, you know, because then that's going to be like me comparing to what I saw in Impact. But it just doesn't have the same... I don't know, the same, I don't want to say luster. I don't know, it just feels like it's not there. I'm, I agree with Nick. Now, is that just, just is that just hurt feelings on your uh, part because he left no. your beloved impact? No, because I was with you when he came out, and I was so, I was popped, you know. I was so excited when he was the last, the entrant in the match. And then, you know, he tore that stupid toy ladder up on his way out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I still have high hopes for him. I think he was pushed awfully fast. I think they could have did a better job of bringing him in and letting him climb the ladder type of thing. I thought they did a hell of a job with Lance Archer. Uh, he did. You know, come all in the, and, he did come in and climb a ladder, like almost uh, immediately. I don't know what you're talking about. You asked. That's what you wanted. You said I you know, damn it. came in and climbed he the ladder he immediately. Wants. Tried to kill Darby Allen. He did a lot of things. <laughs> he got the poker chip. He did. He got the big ass poker chip. Where do you think he keeps that? Do you think he still has it? I would think I, never saw it. I would think Taz probably holds on to it. Yeah. Maybe he'll it, bring it out. Maybe lets his kid play with it. He'll probably bring it out like twenty years from now and be like, This will shock the wrestling world. <laughs> when when Brian Cage is managing somebody in twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky Starks. Yeah. Looks like they're forming a little faction there. Uh Will, what do you think about Brian Cage and AEW? So I kind of want to make a comparison really quick of, like, so AEW has Taz and Brian Cage, WWE has Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Yep. And obviously that's what AEW is going for. Yep, 100%. With, with, yeah, they want they want their monster guy with a, a talking piece in front of them. But for some reason with me, watching Brian Cage on TV, standing behind Taz – doesn't intimidate me as much as Brock Lesnar standing next to Paul Heyman. Like, I don't know if it's because of Brian Cage's, like, stupid smirk that he has on his face consistently or his dumb sideburns or whatever he's got. (laughs) Um, Like, he doesn't seem like a monster. He doesn't seem like he's that intimidating. And um, Lance Archer, when he came in, he was a machine. And, like... He destroyed literally every single person he came across. Um, now, Lance Archer also had a lot of time to build, and but that was good. That was a good buildup. 
Um, Brian Cage, I just, I don't know what it is about him right now that he doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad that Dean, or no, <laughs> I'm glad that John Moxley beat him. Um, now we can move past that, but now he's gonna destroy Darby Allen, which I think Darby Allen needs to be built right now to be a star of their company um, instead of losing consistently. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's the right way that he needed to be going with Brian Cage. I think they need to figure out a way to make him look more intimidating and make him more of a monster than what they're doing. I've told you guys before that I think Brian Cage kind of just is the cigar store Indian. He just kind of stands there and doesn't really do anything. And I, and I had in my notes here that something that you just said I 100% agree with. Taz is supposed to be like the Paul Heyman character. And Taz is good on the mic, but he's not Heyman on the mic, if that makes sense. Well, it doesn't help that Taz could probably fucking turn around and submit Brian Cage in like two seconds. <laughs> you know, where Paul Heyman right. couldn't fight a lick. Uh, you know, Brian Cage is—he's obviously crazy athletic. He's obviously a big get for the company, and we'll see how this FTW belt thing is handled. Does it help Cage kind of ascend in the fans' eyes, or is it just an excuse to keep him out of title contention? You know, he's—he well—he—he's not a. He doesn't need the the world title because he's got the FTW title, and that was kind of that was Taz's story behind the FTW title back in ECW, is that he wasn't getting the the title shot. I think it was, I think it might have been Shane Douglas who was the champ and kept avoiding him and wouldn't give him a title shot. So he just said, all right, I'm going to give him make my own belt, and this is like the real badass belt, and this is the you know the belt that shows who who the real tough guy is here in ECW, and the fans got behind it. The fact that we expect that to happen, you know, 20 to 25 years later, I don't, I don't know if I'm really on board with that. But we'll see how the FTW belt works with Cage going forward. I just, I hope, I hope they don't drop the ball on it because I agree with both of you guys that it has been less, it has been very underwhelming his, his run in, in AEW. And I, I really wish they wouldn't have put him in that immediate match with Moxley. You know, if that poker chip is like a money in the bank, let him hang on to that for a while. Let him hang on to it for six months. Let him hang on to it for, you know, a year. Let him hang on to it until there's fans back in the stands. You know, let him hang on to it until he can get that big pop when he actually wins wins the title after he's been in the company for a while and he doesn't need to go after the title because he he's got that poker chip and he could go after the title whenever he wants that's his excuse but now he doesn't have that excuse now he's just he's come in and he's gotten beaten and now he's running around with this you know this fake belt that was just given to him a la you know moose on impact but honestly moose is doing a better job with that tna title than you know, Brian Cage is doing in his early run with the FTW belt. So, I don't know, man. It's, I thought it was a big get for the company, but I'm hoping that they start to do something else with him in the coming months. Uh, next email comes from, you'll like this one, Jason, Phillips Head Meltzer Driver. Mm. <laughs> so, it's like, a Phillips, it's like a Phillips Head Screwdriver, but it... Yeah. 
has it just makes shit up and doesn't know how to use a comma or a period. Perfect. Uh, Phillips had and wins all matches. Phillips held had Meltzer driver rights. Who is a current? Who is a current big star who you feel could not cross over successfully to another company? This is a Ooh. one of my favorite emails that we have ever gotten. Ooh. So, I want you to think about the big stars in each company. Now, some of those stars could easily switch to a different company tomorrow and be just as over, if not more, in the new company. But are there any that come to mind in, say, AEW or Impact or WWE who, if they went to one of the rival companies, it just wouldn't work for whatever reason? I got a few, unless you guys want to go first. Go ahead. My first one on my list is Bray Wyatt. I think that Bray Wyatt only works in the WWE, and honestly, I don't even think it's working in the WWE. If you took, if you sent him to AEW, and okay, you can't be Bray Wyatt anymore. Your your name, your real name is like it's like Wyndham Rotunda or something like that. He's Mike. He's IRS's kid. Okay, you're Wyndham Rotunda, and you can't do like the the cult leader guy gimmick anymore because that was that's a WWE creation. It's kind of like when Scott Hall was went to WCW and WWE sued because he was still kind of doing the mannerisms of Razor Ramon and still kind of, you know, talking and carrying himself the way Razor Ramon was, was Now we had a Razor Ramon in the WWE while Scott Hall was on Nitro. We did. But we don't so. talk but we don't talk about that. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. We also had a we also had a, a fake Diesel who went on to be uh, mayor. Oh, fake. <laughs> who went on to be mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee? Yeah, he doesn't like math. Wait, who? It's gotta be K. What do you mean fake Diesel? Did you know fake Scott yeah. Hall? Did you know uh, no fake Razor Ramon? Uh, yeah. Next, you're gonna say that the Undertaker didn't fight himself at SummerSlam. Yeah, we don't talk. Ooh. We don't talk about that either. Gray versus purple. Like, what would Bray Wyatt look like in AEW? He couldn't be the same character. Would he go back to being like a like a hus- the Husky Harris character? I tell you what, he would be perfect as. He'd be perfect as the freaking uh, whatever Brody Lee is. Can't remember the name. The, the Dark Order leader. The Grand yeah. Wizard. <laughs> the, yeah. Ooh, oh, I don't know. That, I don't know if that's it. <laughs> the uh, the grand poobah, the uh, the head cheese, the I don't. What is it called? What's the, it called again? The dark leader, the the lead. Exalted. The exalted, the exalted one. one. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Jason's having a big. I think it'd be a perfect exalted one. But they pro- they'd probably get litigation there because WWE would say it's too similar to to the character that they created and that they have. Uh, the trademark and the the copyright for, so th- they they probably wouldn't be able to get away. He would have to be something totally different, and I don't think he can be. Right. I, you know, I I honestly it, don't think Bray. Maybe Wyatt, he could be a good wrestler. I mean, what have you seen that that would <laughs> <laughs> that would lead you to believe that? Guys, he's not that bad in the ring. Not that good either. <sighs> There's way worse. So my the ones that come to mind for me are all WWE too, which okay. makes me laugh. I got Bray Wyatt. Uh, Who else you got? Uh, Strowman. 
comes to mind right away. He's just tailor-made for mm-hmm. SmackDown and Raw. And, you know, could you imagine him out there trying to go toe-to-toe with Jericho on the mic or... <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, though. I'd that pop. would translate anywhere. I'd pop. Especially him coming out, like, uh, you know, at all or nothing and clearing the ring. Yeah, on a train, on a working yes. train. <laughs> That'd be now, even better. Guys- I hate to interrupt. No, no, no. I hate to interrupt. But, I mean, we have to ask ourselves the most important question. Well, we got to cut some time. Raw's on. Live. Is Braun Strowman. Who can stop the path of Cage? Or the conductor? See, the train or the conductor or the Strowman Express? See, no, I. I think the correct answer we decided was yes. I don't think we've ever, like. Once again, once again, we still haven't gotten like direct answers from our, our fans and our viewers out there. Okay, so here's the challenge. If you can email me, rhinowrestlingreview at gmail.com, a compelling reason why you feel that Braun Strowman is either the conductor of the Strowman Express or if he was the actual physical train. If you can give me a compelling argument, I'll send you a t-shirt. How about Ooh. that? How about that? With fresh COVID on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll co- with COVID covered in COVID antibodies. So it's like a two for one. You get a T-shirt and you get some COVID antibodies, which apparently like I'm still producing according to my last blood test. Good for you. Thanks. Man. Guys, I got a good one for you. Yeah. All right. What do we got? Ro- Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is on my list. I love it. Why do you think Roman Reigns? 100%. I had, I had four names, actually five, because one of them's a tag team, but Roman Reigns, 100%. Why do you feel that he wouldn't work in any other company? Because Roman Reigns is literally built from the ground up as the WWE, like the, the vision of the WWE. He has no personality for himself. He has no character for himself. He still uses the Shields music. <laughs> he has the same move set, and he doesn't vary from it every once in a while. Same like gear, same ring gear. Yep. Yeah. Everything. Like you're telling me that he'd be able to go in and like, hey, wrestle toe to toe with Kenny Omega, or talk on the mic with Chris Jericho, or even like just try to set himself apart from anyone on that roster. He has nothing that I don't think he could take over there. Dude, I now, 100% agree. I had I had that he is a WWE creation, and I put that Sega games don't work in Nintendo systems. If you, exactly. try, if you try to take a Sega cartridge and pop it into a Nintendo system, it ain't going to work. Now, now, the reverse side of that, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately with, with Roman Reigns being off of WWE TV for a long period of time, and probably for the foreseeable future. Um, I really, really hope, and and I don't want I, as much as I would like to be wrong on this. I want him to come when I when he comes back. I want him to be a completely different version of himself. Mm-hmm. Like I want him to have new ring gear, a new ring entrance, new move set, new mindset, like everything. If he can come back and do all of that stuff and do it on his own, he could change my opinion about him. Well, now, to, would, to go now would be the time to do it, wouldn't it? You know, when he's perfect he, opportunity, and he's had all this time. He's he's still healthy. He's not out with an injury, so he could come back whenever you know things get. You know, probably you probably won't see Roman Reigns until we have a 
a widely available vaccine, honestly, in the United right. States. But time, you know, time away, you know, makes the heart grow fonder. And I think that when he comes back, he has an opportunity to really kind of, you know, reinvent himself. And I think it's going to be at a time when we're hopefully we'll probably we probably won't see Roman Reigns back until we have crowds back, honestly. And that's going to be the perfect time for him because those crowds are going to be hot. Those crowds are going to be have have been missing live wrestling action for so long on a large scale. I know there, there's some independent shows that are doing, uh, you know, 25% capacity or 10% capacity or things like that. But I think it's I think that's a great take. I think that's a, that'd be the perfect opportunity for, him. and that's something that I hadn't really thought of. Uh, another one that came to mind for me, and it's a name that you, uh, Will, just kind of mentioned offhand a second ago, Kenny Omega. When Kenny Omega was a free agent, uh, when he was leaving New Japan and before AEW actually got started, there was a lot of talk about the WWE, a lot of rumors talking about the WWE thinking about bringing him in. Apparently he had a lot of meetings. Apparently they offered Kenny Omega a lot of money. But... I just don't think that Kenny Omega just being this this big match, you know, five-star match machine translates over to the WWE because he's not a great promo guy. He's not a big, you know, personality guy unless you, you know, count like his love of like anime and video games and things like that. Maybe he could be in a tag team with Xavier Woods and they can you know, be well. I guess TJP did the video game thing already, and it, did, it was right. really, and it was really dumb. <laughs> but I just, man, I don't think Kenny works on in WWE at all. Am I crazy there? No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I think he worked as a pretty good like heel when he was in the Bullet Club there for a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, he really. It's, he really is just based around matches, mm-hmm. um, and and in the WWE, like his style of wrestling, strong style, like we saw with Nakamura, it would just kind of handicap him, mm-hmm. honestly. And it, it it reminds me of the only thing that gives me hope that maybe he could be successful in in WWE is AJ, because when AJ came in, I really thought they didn't they weren't going to know what to do with AJ. And to AJ Styles' credit, he he was forced to get better on the mic. He was forced to. Now he's not a he's not great on the mic, but he is very passable on the mic now. He has improved tremendously with his mic skills. Same with Daniel Bryan. They both had to, you know, kind of get thrown into the deep end, and you know either you're going to swim or you're going to sink in WWE if you cannot communicate on a microphone and I've just not seen anything from Kenny that showed me that he's capable of that and kind of in that same vein the last names that I had on here were the Young Bucks and I know the Young Bucks were given a big offer by WWE to come in but man can you imagine what I had in my notes is that if the Young Bucks were in WWE they would be the white Lucha House Party Ah, yeah yeah that's, that's, a lot of sense. That's, all, that's all they would do. They would come out, they would flip fly around, and then you wouldn't see them again. And they're not great on the mic. Um, they don't have these larger than life personalities. 
but they put on great matches. And that is not WWE's forte. That's not what WWE is built around. That's not what, you know, the company is, is based on, is, is just going out and having good matches. You've got to have these larger-than-life characters. And I just think that the Young Bucks are perfect in a place like AEW or even a place like Ring of Honor. But, Jason, you remember when they were in Impact and, you know, Russo was writing and it was all about promos and personality. And they had a very lackluster run in Impact, a very unmemorable run as Generation Me in Impact because... Max and Jeremy. (laughs) Max and Jeremy Buck. Because they couldn't, they couldn't evolve to that entertainment-based style that Russo was trying to bring over from his days in in WWE. Yeah, I mean they, and the, don't get me wrong, the matches were still great even mm-hmm. back then. I mean, you're talking ten years ago. Yeah, of course. You know, at this point now, which is crazy to think that that was ten years ago, but. Uh, no, and that's I Omega's the one that I thought you guys said I thought that was really good and the reason I say that is the Will brought it up you, who's he going to wrestle that's going to be able to go like that with him I mean you're talking right you know Randy Orton's the face of Raw right now with Drew McIntyre Are either one of them going to be able to I think him and Drew would have a hell of a match but Drew's not going to wrestle him mm-hmm. like you know toe to toe yeah you know, I'm not ignorant enough to say that. You know? I'm not going to let him hit that snap suplex on him. <laughs> no, he's not He's not breaking no necks in WWE. No. <laughs> right. Because, uh, he goes, I'm, I'm not taking the one-winged angel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find a new finisher. <laughs> but, uh, you know, somebody I thought of, too, and it's nowhere near the level that you guys just came up with, but Baron Corbin. Oh, you God, take him out good, of the. That's a great one. Out of the hokiness of WWE. Yeah, what you is, know, is he? If he? If he showed up tomorrow on, I would say Impact or AEW, and you're just going to be like, oh, cool, the guy that was a king is here. And, you know, I like Baron Corbin. I've said it many times. You yeah, guys shit he, on me all the time. Yeah, you love hokey shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing that came to mind there. They put so much time into fucking Baron Corbin. His real name is Tom Peastock, by the way. That's, That's Tom Peastock! That's gotta be Tom Peastock! <laughs> He's a former Golden Globes boxing champion! <laughs> former Arizona Cardinals lineman! That's Tom Peastock! He's here at Daly's place! <laughs> at the secret location! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to the Cor- Corbin's a great a great one because he's not big enough to be like a giant, and he's not af- he's not small and athletic enough to be able to go with like the the Hangman's and the Omegas and the Lucha Bros and and guys like that. He is pretty much at the only place in the world that I could see him ever working. And that's in WWE, and they just keep giving him, you know, different gimmicks to try to, to try to make him interesting, you know, with the the GM thing and the constable and the king and the, you know, the heavy the death metal guy. They they just keep trying different things, and it's to me it it, it doesn't really work. And I think it'd be it would work even less in a, in a competing company. Uh, a couple more emails here, two left. 
Paul in St. Louis, Hall of Famer, writes, I'm, ex- I'm extremely sad that your Otis Dressed Like an Alligator cash-in didn't happen on Sunday. Having said that, how and when do you see him cashing in? So if you listened to the show last week, one of you two made the prediction that in the swap match, we could uh, potentially see Otis <laughs> dressed up oh, as, yeah. as an alligator or like a ghillie suit and uh, show up and cash in on Braun Strowman maybe after he had been taken out by The Fiend. And honestly, if that would have happened, it would have made the swamp match better. <laughs> oh, it would have oh, made it, take. Would, it would have made the swamp hot take. It would have made the swamp match better. I think it could have saved that pay per view, Jason. Honestly, if that would have happened, but it didn't happen. Otis still has that money in the bank. If you were booking WWE, do either of you have a compelling scenario? And it doesn't even have to be a compelling scenario. It could be because the question asks. How or when do you see him cashing in? Do you have a scenario of how Otis could cash in or how you envision it's going to happen? I I am fearful that they are just going to have them cash in on the tag team championships. Honestly, they can win and it can be a celebration for him and Tucky and Mandy. And and that'll be the way they do it. Because tag team belts, I don't want to say don't mean anything in WWE. But they're very hot potato week. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, the Nakamura and Cesaro aren't even a real tag team. And they're, they're just, you know, they have the title, which is fine. And who are they going to face? So, you Mojo know, Mojo Raleigh? No, no. Mojo Raleigh! Mojo Raleigh and, and his partner, Mojo Raleigh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mojo, has Zach, and Gronk are gone. Uh-oh. So I don't know who Mojo's got. Uh, remember that, that one guy he had all the time? That yeah, Rick, Riddick Moss. <laughs> yeah, Riddick Moss is on main event. He's in the, a storyline on main event. Yeah, right I, didn't, I didn't even know main event was still on the air. That's insane. Hey, Rick I have a lot Moss of is a main event player, guys. Look at that. Yeah, literally, he is. Literally. He is a player on the show main event. <laughs> so tag titles. I've I've heard kind of that rumor floating around. To me. Listen, See, I, here's what I do. Go ahead. Lay it on me, Daddy. Here's what I do. You announce you announce ahead of time that he wants whoever at, you know, SummerSlam or Silver Series, and you film about six weeks of, like, Rocky Adrian montages with him and Mandy. Doing sit-ups, yeah. eating pizza. Yeah, like like just sitting there, like, Mandy trying to motivate him and, she can't until, like, there's a pizza in the room mm-hmm. or, like, you know, her ass shaking or something. Just some. There's a lot of fun they could have with that. They're a fun They're a fun couple. And if Otis can get them, Dan, you know what that means for me. Ooh, if, I, if Otis can get a girl like Mandy, then maybe that gives that gives me a chance that I can. No, you can't, nerds. All you listen to, you can't. Hey, you nerds. <laughs> But I, don't know, I think that would be fun if they announce ahead of time and they just have him do like a bunch of workout montages. If you follow Otis on Twitter, surprisingly, he's working out all the time. Whether you believe, <laughs> shut up, Dan. Whether you believe it or not, but he's always he's always doing something in we, the gym. We call that dirty. We call that dirty bulking. Is what he's doing. You see, uh, 
he he obviously is is incredibly strong and you know lifts a, a ton of weights. However, uh, you know he's he's eating junk, and he's uh, did you see he's not, uh, he's not cooking? Clean. Did, did you see the cooking? Segment I actually I did. I did. I actually did watch that. And uh, you know he looked he pretty actually, slim and he trim. He actually had a. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> were we, were we, was that the same video you sent me? Because I yeah. He, he was, was wearing pretty he was wearing a sleeveless T-shirt and I I didn't see a, sl- a I also slimmer trim. I also wanted to take a drink every time he said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, put, we're gonna put some beans in there, oh yeah, we're gonna make." I'd have been <laughs> I'd have been drunk in fifteen minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, but that, go ahead, go ahead, Will. Save save this yeah. segment. Jesus Christ. Uh, I honestly think. So, God, I would really hate for this to happen. That so Braun Strowman and, and Bray Wyatt just fought, obviously, and Bray Wyatt won, which is setting up the third match for SummerSlam, which will be the Fiend versus uh, Braun Strowman. It and may just be the greatest out. wrestling match ever. I was gonna say we'll finally figure out if Braun Strowman's the actual trainer, the conductor of the Strowman Express. God, I hope finally. So. Hope so. Um, but I think the Fiend wins that match. And guess who cashes in on the Fiend? Oh yeah. Oh, it is. Oh God, yeah. why? Man. But if Man. that's that's how you build a champion, that's how you build a champion because the Fiend is supposed to be someone who can't lose easily. So if you have Otis get the one up on him, um, when the Fiend's not paying attention, or say Braun Strowman takes the Fiend to his limits. And then Otis cashes in after the match is over. Like that's it's how over. you build someone, and unfortunately, I think that's what they're gonna do. Um, I've also heard rumors that he's gonna, like, he might cash in on Drew McIntyre. God, as much as I hate Drew McIntyre, no. Um, and no, if they do the God, time, please, no, 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 no. If they do the tag belt thing. That's such a waste. Yep, I agree. Of the money at the bank contract, and it, and it kind of ruins the prestige yep. of the money at the bank contract. That that I didn't know that you could cash it in on the tag team championship belts. Uh, but if you do that, like, shit, anybody can win it now, and and like yeah, I, I won't care as much because if it's I a tag belt, belts are your shoes. I'd cash so. it in on the women's title. Oh yeah, and then he can give it to Mandy. I would, uh, you know, honestly, I'd cash in on Bailey, and then I'd just, just pull a Joey Ryan and wrestle women the rest of the my career. Because I think Bailey could take you. Because, well, she could take me, but not Otis. That's maybe. Yeah, maybe. I was like, okay, you can kick my ass, big deal. So can everybody. You know? <laughs> so here's my thing with, uh, I totally agree with the, the cashing in with tag team belts. Yeah. As you guys know, I am not a big proponent of Otis winning the Money in the Bank. I am not a big proponent of, of Otis. I know that's kind of a that's kind of a. Uh, I know that's kind of breaking news here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com. However, I would I would much rather have Otis as World Champion cashing in Money in the Bank than cashing in and winning the tag team belts because that just takes the whole meaning of the money in the bank away. If you're going to put the money in the bank on him, he has to win the title. He has to. 
And yes. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. That's not what I want. I'm in. I know you're in. You love hokey shit. Oh, yeah. Maybe I just like Otis. It's so hard to hate Otis. He's so lovable and you want to cheer for him. He's a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's good on the Love mic. Ham. He loves ham. He's, he's definitely good on the mic. That's oh totally, yeah, oh yeah. That's not true. That's totally not true. Dan's gonna leave the chat. Okay, <laughs> he can't do it. It's his show. Jason, Jason left earlier because his computer died. <laughs> but if the tag title thing happens, I really hope, I really hope that's not the case. Here's my what, what about. What about like an intercontinental championship? Would you guys be pissed about that? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that's a good middle ground. No, see, I think I think he could get an intercontinental title match. He should he could like get one right anyway. Now. Yeah, I don't see yeah. I wouldn't see anything wrong with that. But if you got the money in the bank, you're you're world title guy or gal. I, got you. I think I got that's you. how I feel. Here's here's my here's my creative scenario here. Okay. Mandy, this whole time has been working Otis. Mandy has been pretending that she's in love with Otis because here's what she wants, guys. She wants Otis to give her the briefcase. So Mandy can cash in that briefcase on the women's champion. And then as soon as she does, she's going to leave Otis. And that's going to make Otis even more sympathetic because he got... Uh, he got he fell for the ruse of Mandy Rose, Mandy Ruse, as it were. Ah. And he is going. To, he gave up his world title shot. He lost his girl, who thought he thought was in love with him, and that's going to make him even more of a sympathetic babyface. I think he's going to give gift the title to Mandy. She's going to dro- start dropping like little hints about. You know what she what she wants, or you know what she wants for Christmas or for her birthday or for Valentine's Day or something like that. And you know he's Otis is going to feel insecure and he's going to feel like I can't possibly oh, yeah. give, you know, oh yeah, I can't possibly give Mandy, you know, something that that she deserves because she's so beautiful and she's so perfect. What could I possibly give her that would be worthy of 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 her beauty? I can oh, give yeah. her, I can give her, oh yeah, I can give her the money in the bank, oh yeah. That's what he's going to do, guys. He's going to give it to Mandy. She's going to cash it in. And then when Otis comes down to celebrate with her, she's going to push him away. Oh, no. Maybe she'll hit him with the low blow. Yep. That's it, man. And then first time she's ever hit him with the low blow. Mandy is automatically the biggest heel in uh, the company. Uh, Another idea I had would be that Otis could cash in on Braun, you know, possibly after The Fiend has taken out uh, Braun. Uh, the Fiend doesn't win the title, but The Fiend, you know, incapacitates Braun in some way. And then Otis comes in to cash, uh, Otis cashes in, but then Braun destroys him after. So Braun goes full heel, but Otis is the babyface champ who's actually getting chased by Braun. Uh, and then one final idea I have. Would be Dan that, got more ideas than Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, I know. Uh, Otis goes to cash in. And he presents the briefcase. The referee this time understands what the briefcase is being used for. Yeah, the, see, that's where you went wrong. The yeah, bell rings. It's already off. The bell rings, so his cash-in is official. He can't get the briefcase back. And then Tucky comes in and costs Otis the cash-in because Tucky, oh, no. Tucky did not want Otis to win the title and get left behind 
and be like the Marty Jannetty of the group, and he could even put that into his promo. He didn't want to become Marty Jannetty and be the forgotten person where Otis goes on to be the world champ and go on to these great things. And then that leads right into a Otis and Tucker feud with Tucky as the uh, heel. Her. I saw... Jason, I, like I saw Jason's eyes there. He's fucking in on that one. Dude, he's fucking like in. I don't like it. You do like, like it. You went, oh, you were shocked. That's because my feet and my heart would be broken. You can't break up heavy machinery, man. Yeah, one of the Guys, one of the tag teams of all time. What I really want to happen is I want, for the first time that he attempts to cash in the money in the bank contract, I want the ref to open up a briefcase. I want there's to there's no contract in here. There's cold cuts. Oh yeah, and, and mustard. And like cold cuts he, and mustard. Then he takes like, the oh, mustard. Shit. Then he takes the mustard and like writes like the con. He writes the word contract on a piece of bologna. Love it. And hands it to the ref. And he's like, okay, well it says contract. It's in the briefcase, so this counts as as uh, a cash in. But and then he goes to cash in, but then he goes to ring the bell, and then, oh no, Otis just ate the bologna with the contract written on it. Oh yeah. So, like, by that time, man. Guys, all this is good shit. We could, we could literally write weeks of WWE <laughs> TV. Right I now. have WWE booked out six months. Yeah. <laughs> Final email well, comes from Ted in Kansas City, home of your Super Bowl champion Chiefs. And Ted writes, who is on your Mount Rushmore of Intercontinental Champions? Do you guys want me to give you mine, or do you have some in mind for your Mount Rushmore? You only get four, guys. Oof. Go ahead. My four are, in no particular... I I why don't we go around and do, like, one, one, and one? I kind of like that. Uh, so then that would be three on Mount Rushmore. Well, I, you know what I mean. Like one, one, one. That We just all kind of do one at a time so we okay. don't spoil it. I'm going. I don't know. I'll go with, I'll go with mine. The Honky Tonk Man. Oh, well, there goes one of mine. He that was, was quick. The Honky Tonk Man. man. He's greatest the, Intercontinental Champion ever. And that was his moniker, uh, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. He was the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. And whether you love or hate uh, the Honky Tonk Man. You know, did you know the Honky Tonk Man was supposed to be a babyface when he came in? <laughs> when he came to WWE, he was totally supposed to be a babyface, and the crowd hated him so much <laughs> that he ended up just becoming a, a great heel. And he had the Intercontinental title for 454 days before the Ultimate Warrior took it from him. And I think you cannot have a Mount Rushmore of Intercontinental Champions without the Honky Tonk Man on it. Jason. Who, who you got? Uh, Razor Ramon. I think that's a good one. I think that's back when you used to have, you know, actual feuds and great matches for the Intercontinental title. You know, he wasn't so far gone. That was, so, the, you know, uh, just him and, the ladder match with HBK was yeah. for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. It, what was that? WrestleMania 10, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. 10 or 9. I can't remember. But yeah, you know, and I can still picture Razor coming through the. The gold, uh, the gold fireworks with the belt, you know, throwing his arms out. Yeah. And all that. I'm sure it wasn't a huge long feud because I'm, you know, you're talking, fuck, what, 25 years ago now? Mm-hmm. So. No, I can't argue, can't argue with that oh. one at all. Will, what, who, who would we put next on our Mount Rushmore? I'm having a difficult time picking between two people. Well, um, we got four spots each. So. We got four spots each, but each? I feel like. I, I, 
Oh, four spots each? I yeah, thought we're going to be carving this fucking mountain for the next 150 Shit. years. Well, I mean, if I'm going with just spot one, or if we're, are we doing four just you total get, between you, us? You get one spot, Will. Okay, I get use one spot. It, use it wisely. Chris Jericho. Love it. He was on my Chris list. Chris Jericho. Nine, he holds nine times. Yep. Holds the record for uh, Intercontinental Championship wins. I believe he won his first title off of China. Yep. Uh, back in, I don't remember when that was. Deep that was cut. a long time Yeah, ago. that is a deep cut. But uh, nine times, no one has beaten the record of being an Intercontinental Champion or winning the belt that much. And that was a hard decision to make between two people I had in mind. Uh, who was the other one you were thinking about? Macho Man Randy Savage. It's on my list, too. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. I, I I also want to throw the Miz out there. Miz is on my list too. My four were the honky with the honky tonk man, Macho Man Randy Savage, the Miz, and Chris Jericho. You guys are I think Savage held it for four hundred days. Mm-hmm. Over four hundred days, and the and you know when he lost it? No. That awesome match against Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. Uh, so there is no uh, there's no shame in losing and having your Intercontinental Title run ended by that match uh, at WrestleMania 3. And then he really used that because at WrestleMania 4 is when Savage won his first world title in that uh, one-night tournament that they had. And then WrestleMania 5, he was headlining with uh, Hulk against Hulk Hogan. You know, it was one of the uh, the biggest WrestleMania main events of all time. So, you know, I, I think you can't have, you know, I think none of those names you can go wrong with. You know, I could I could see Shawn Michaels being on there, kind of in the same vein yep. as as Razor Ramon. Um, you know, some people might even put Pat Patterson on there because I think he was the first Intercontinental Champion. But you know, for me, it's Honky. It's and let's talk about Miz for a second because Miz to me, when he had his Intercontinental Title reign a, a few years ago, the first one, I thought he really put shine and prestige back on a belt that had meant nothing. I mean, that the Intercontinental title at that time meant nothing. We're, t- we're, yeah. ta- we're talking about a belt that was held by Mr. Perfect, as another guy you could put on there. Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, you know, Sean, Bret Hart. Hart, Jesus, Shawn Michaels, uh, Razor Ramon, and then that belt had become meaningless. That belt had become so meaningless. But then when The Miz had it, for some reason... I thought that was that run that he had with the Intercontinental Title put Miz in the Hall of Fame. Like if he ne- if he never did wrestled another match after that first Intercontinental Title run, he would be a Hall of Famer just for bringing back the prestige to that Intercontinental Title. And he's had several Intercontinental Title runs since then that were just just as good. Like the one the one he had with Maurice when Maurice came back. I thought that was excellent, and Miz used to be channel-changing for me, man. He used to be very much, you know, uh, channel-changing fodder for me. And now he's, you know, because of those Intercontinental title runs, he's proved to me that he not only belongs in that company, but he can thrive in that company. And, you know, he's he's on the track to being a Hall of Famer because of his Intercontinental title runs. So the Intercontinental title did a lot for him, but he also did a lot for that title and bringing it back to prominence. But I don't think you can go wrong with with any of those four guys. 
Anybody else come to mind as far as Intercontinental Champions? I, I, the, the Bret Hart one I thought was a really good one because he was kind of in the same vein as Macho Man where he had this, this these nice runs with the Intercontinental belt and that kind of proved that, hey, you're the next man up for the world title. Uh, and Austin kind of did the same. Austin and Rock did the same thing too when they had their battles over the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Those were all good ones. Yeah. That were, uh, <laughs> I think we mentioned every Intercontinental Champion of all time. So, Doing a quick uh, Google Wikipedia search, I uh, did not know that, that Pedro Morales was the longest days title holder. 619 days is the longest reign altogether. I thought so that I was like a little interesting. Combining all his, 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 yes. his different reigns together? Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So anybody, uh, anybody else on that list kind of stick out to you? Rick Rude had a 148-day run with the belt. Oh, Rick Rude when he had he actually had the Intercontinental title like airbrushed onto his trunks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was like always wearing the belt like just over his dick. Good <laughs> shit, right? All oh, you sweat hogs. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Actually, Those are all real well, stuff, man. Will's dad looks like Rick Rude in one of these old pictures he has. It's pretty oh, I fantastic. To- I can totally see that. My, <laughs> uh, I got to show you pictures of my dad's uh, my dad's wedding photos to my mom. Uh, my grandma at the time said he looked like Jesus Christ. Nice. <laughs> she said she's an old old Polish lady. She said he looked like the Jesus. <laughs> Guys, number number twenty on this list that I'm looking at is one of. One of Dan's favorite wrestlers, uh, Jeff Jeff Jarrett. Ooh, uh, one of the Intercontinental J- Champions J- of all time, Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. Pretty good. Uh, we had an argument. Uh, Jason and I are always arguing over stupid shit because he always pushes my buttons. Dan um, always gets so upset at me, and I'm just asking real questions. See, it's here. not real questions. You're talking about Jeff Jarrett, like he really deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I said you couldn't. You- I said you couldn't think of one good match that Jeff Jarrett had had. And then you did come up with the Jeff Jarrett against Kurt Angle matches and Impact. And it turns out by our research that those were the only matches that Jeff Jarrett (laughs) ever had in his career. He never had a five-star match. He never had a four and three quarters, never had a four and a half. I think the highest he ever had was a four and a quarter. And he also had like another four-star match and like another one, like three three and three quarters. They were all against Kurt Angle. (laughs) <laughs> and the other one was against, uh, I think him and AJ had a three and three quarters. Right. Yep. Which you know, two of the two of the best guys yeah. you can go with? Yeah. T- t- any of us could go in there. Like right now, with no training, and probably have a three star with with Kurt Angle or or AJ Styles. But Jeff Jarrett has has had has only cracked the four star mark in his career a few times. They were all against Kurt Angle. So are we going to be talking about a? Cody Jarrett in the future here because he's going to book himself right into the AEW Hall of Fame. I don't know. I don't get the I don't get the Cody uh, Jeff comparisons, man. Uh, Cody is not channel changing for me, and Cody never came out dressed like a dick dancer either. So <laughs> that's pretty good stuff, though. What uh, about that, missing my baby tonight? Spend my uh, days working hard on the go, but the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. It's pretty good. You're welcome. And uh, on that note, that's going to do it for this shit show that we call the Rhino Wrestling Review. 
Thanks, everybody, for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Uh, you can follow Jason on Twitter at BigJ2197. You can follow Will on Twitter at Willestein. The show is at Rhino underscore wrestling. Uh, my wife's piping in here. You got something you want to add? Your friends are the worst. My friends are the worst. I know this already. <laughs> the sky is she blue. Thinks she thinks we're dicking around on our phones. The sky is blue. The grass is green. What else? I called Jason out for posting them on Facebook while you guys are recording. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he's the worst. And then Will laughs at it. Yeah. Like, You're on yeah. I'll just encourage you Will's got that two monitor set up though, so Yeah. <sighs> got a lot well, going if you on. needed if you needed more proof that this is a shit show, a shit show and and just the worst. I don't I don't know why I look at the numbers every week and it's always like twenty five hundred people downloaded this. Three thousand people download this. Why? How did why are you listening to this shit? It's terrible. They, you know what? Some people just like mediocrity. Okay. Well, you That's came, you we came, like you came to the right place, folks. If you like mediocrity, we've got that in spades for you here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com. Thanks, everybody, for downloading, listening, and subscribing. If you want to be a part of the next Mailbag Show, or if you want to just have us read your emails on the next show, send them to us, rhinowrestlingreview at gmail.com, or tweet us at rhino underscore wrestling. Big thanks to prowrestling.com for uh, giving us another platform to put this mediocrity out to the masses. And uh, if you are enjoying the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, or if you're listening on ProWrestling.com, but if you're listening on a podcast platform, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Don't leave us a Jeff Jarrett four-star review. Leave us a five-star yeah, likes those. Yeah, nobody likes Jeff Jarrett either. Leave us a five-star review, and we would be eternally grateful. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Dan Rhino, Will Lewis, Jason Calcibetta, and ProWrestling.com. Be nice to each other. Don't kick out of each other's finishers. See ya. See ya. See ya. Hey, it's the R to the Y. N to the O. On a block like a tortoise with a slow. On a block like a baker because I'm picking up my dough. And when I'm in the booth, like I'm cooking up a O.